everybody. Uh, this is Corey Womack on Toncast. I'm your host for today, and we're going to be interviewing Todd Anderson. Uh, wow. The, Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here, Todd. How have you been? How have you been? I've been all right. I mean, it's, you know, as good as a person can be who's a uh, like day drinking too much and uh, smoking too much weed. As good as as good as a person like that can be in these times. But I'm excited to be on your show because uh, the the guy that you live with, uh, we have a, a a podcast that we do once a month called Jason and Todd Talk Through Lousy Films. I'm talking of Jason Jason Roar. Yes, yes, so indeed, it, indeed, indeed. And we've never we've never actually met. In person? No, no. We are uh, we are Facebook, internet, web friends. We are we are friends in the cloud. Yeah, cloud. We're cloud, cloud friends. friends. <laughs> that sounds nice, <laughs> right? Just hanging out on a cloud. Just I hanging like out. That. It's all pretty <laughs> silver. I close my eyes. I picture it. it's very nice. Unicorns, rainbows, <laughs> sparkles. <laughs> I like all that stuff. <laughs> and you and you're uh, in addition to a podcast host, you're a professional. Stage manager. I am. I am indeed. I uh, I have a stage managed uh, all over the place. Toured, toured toured America. I have seen everything but the Dakotas and Alaska. Uh, oh really? Managing. Yes. I uh, worked for Ringling Brothers for a year and stage managed. I started as associate production manager, and then uh, when we went into winter quarters, which is their rehearsal period, uh, it's a month long in Florida. Uh, I became the stage manager at that time and then went out on tour with them as stage managing. This is the Ringling Brothers Barnum, Barnum and Bailey, Bailey Circus. Circus. Yes, sir. And and when, would, were you doing that before they got rid of the animals or after? Be, uh, during animals. During animals. So it was, uh, it was uh, elephants and horses and tigers and uh, uh, ponies. Oh, my. Uh, we had a dog act. <laughs> there was a cat act. The first year, and then they switched it to a dog act. Lots of animals. I had an elephant uh, waiting and waiting backstage shit on one of the motorcycles for the Globe of Doom. Oh, you know, oh the yeah, motorcycles yeah, yeah. that go in the Globe. So we had to switch that out really quick. Lots of lots of poop. <laughs> lots of fun things. I I saw a tiger vomit a whole chicken. They brought him out onto the arena floor, and I guess they just fed the cats. And during the act, the, the entire chicken, the entire whole chicken, <laughs> yeah. it was. Was it like a hairball? Did he have like a tiger hairball? I, I, maybe come up. Maybe I, he probably just ate too fast, and then he had to come out on stage and had to work. So he, he's he said, "No more food." He was, he was like a ballerina. He was anorexic. He was like, no, no. I have to fit into how, my how did the cage. crowd? How did the crowd react to the barfing cat? I don't think they even noticed. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because you know, there's so much going on. It's, it, it was an arena tour. So it's you know on the floor of like a Staples Center. 
and everybody sure. in the stands. So it's it's you'd have to be pretty close up to notice those kind of things. And they're very quick. Our floor guys were super quick with that stuff. You know, uh, sand and uh, uh, what have you to uh, clean up that stuff because they the elephants would poop, the horses would poop, everybody you know everybody poops. Yeah, I would imagine so. I remember going my my folks when I was a kid would take me to that that circus every time it came to came to Boston. Nice. Uh, and it was that it was that they would take me to, and then the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So then, when I got slightly older, and my dad was like, "Hey, I'm going to take you to a Boston Celtics game," or you know, I, and I would go, and I'd be like, "This sucks." I thought, "Right, <laughs> where's the elephant?" Right, this so boring, so boring. Well, basketball in general, you only have to watch the last two minutes. Like the entire game isn't necessary, except for the last two minutes, because that's when that's kind of true. Something's going to happen that you know somebody's going to win something. Otherwise, it's yeah. just unless it's the Harlem Globetrotters, and then it's fun because they're 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 messing with exactly. the, the the dumb white guys they, the whole time. <laughs> the generals, that team is the, the generals. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I call them the dumb white guys, even as a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were pretty dumb. <laughs> Are, and you are you uh, stage managing virtually at all at this point? Well, uh, I had done. I was during the start of COVID. Uh, I was stage managing Pippin up at Santa Clarita uh, College, uh, College of the Canyons, mm. up there, and um, and it was a long process because it was a college. So we started mid February, and we were going till mid May, the end of the semester. So it was you know. A lot of rehearsals, a little too much, in my opinion. But you know, college kids, they were doing a great job. And then the pandemic started. Uh, so we went online and we uh, we finished it with Zoom. We did rehearsals with Zoom. We recorded all of the audio tracks for the music because only one person could technically sing at a time. So we recorded those, uh, compiled those, and then they lip sync to those doing the show. Um, and it was great. It was fantastic. I cried. I think it was just a stress release kind of thing. But these kids, oh. they uh, they held out, and it wasn't it wasn't easy. There was a few kids um, I had to reach out to that kind of disappeared along the way uh, because they were having. It was hard. It was hard to all of a sudden be sequestered and nobody around, and some of them weren't living with their families, so they were alone doing this and. Uh, so there was a little bit of counseling, extra counseling involved, um, but man, they stuck it out and it was fantastic. So, uh, but that was mid-May. Um, they're hoping that if eventually one day uh, we get to go back into a theater um, to do a concert uh, uh, with it, um, not a completely mm -hmm. staged musical, but to, so at least that they could have like the audience there, you know, hear that applause kind of thing. Um, right. But I don't think that's going to happen for a while. And some of the kids have, are going off to different schools and, and stuff. So, uh, and uh, is that, is that school distance learning this fall? They are distance learning. Yes, indeed. They, uh, they are doing online classes. All of them, even the theater classes, uh, are going to be online. So, uh, and the, the staff there, at least the theater arts department is, so fierce about it. They uh, they want to make mm. sure these kids are okay and are 
continuing in the passion that they wanted to continue in and are making the adjustments that they need to make for it. So, um, so I'm proud of them for that, but, uh, but uh, very hard considering as how theater is going. I don't, I don't see it uh, coming back for a while, not in any way mm. that somebody could afford at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen, I mean, of course I follow it closely being a theater nerd. Um, but there's a, a, a company doing Godspell back East and they're doing it outdoors. Uh, they have, they all have face shields on uh, the backup dancers or whoever they have these uh, plastic, clear plastic uh, partitions on wheels that they're rolling around so that it's a huh. partition, a dancer, a partition, a dancer in the choreography and singing and stuff like that. Um which is great. They're testing everybody. They're able to house these guys in, in, a, in a house because it is a summer stock kind of thing. So they already had housing kind of thing. Mm. Um, but they are social distancing the audience. And now the tickets are $100 a piece to oh, wow. see Godspell so, they have to, with yeah. no name. So I don't see theater working right. that way. You're, you're going to... It's going to be another class distinction. Nobody's going to be, there are no rush tickets. There are no more comps. There are no more discounts, gold star, whatever the fuck. Um, because they, the theater company has to pay rent. They still have the same overhead. They're just not going to have the numbers for the audience. Right. And so now only people who have money are going to be able to go to the theater Uh uh, and it, it's a class distinction. Anybody with a, a normal nine to five job who has to pay rent can't afford a hundred dollar ticket. That's a lot of money for some people. So right, and so many people just aren't working and have no real income right now. So how uh, it, that's what I was thinking about this the other day, like how this COVID has really made stark the class structure of the United States. Right. It, it's and, and it. And it got me thinking because I, a, a friend of mine uh, on social media last week, he's a great guy, but he's he's very wealthy. He's a rich person. Mm -hmm. So uh, he has been able to, you know, he, he was asking, you know, he's like, no judgment, just wondering, scale of one to five, how, how are you, you know, protecting yourself from the virus? You know, one being not much and five being complete isolation sort of thing. Okay. You know. Four would be only absolutely necessary errands and all that, you know. And and I know he's a five, you know. He's been in his his mansion for <laughs> right. for getting for, his groceries delivered. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And <laughs> and we we got our groceries delivered once with Instacart or one of those things, and it, it like the the cost like because. I can't do it. I can't do it without giving a proper tip to to a driver. Oh my god! Who's right? risking risking their life to get you the shit? Yes. And you know, and if you get you know five hundred dollars worth of groceries, which you know will last a family of three if, if we're good about it for a month, you know. Sure. But it's like on top of that five hundred dollars, there's these fees and all this stuff, and then you tip the driver, so it winds up costing you almost an extra hundred bucks, yeah, just to get stuff delivered. And it's and already I'm like five hundred dollars, Jesus, is that really what we spend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's really for us, you know. It, it's like 
almost a thousand dollars a month is what we spend on you know food and and booze and all that sure, you know sure. stuff you ingest and uh, which isn't and abnormal adding, that isn't like you know you're not it's not abnormal but yes you're then you're adding fifty dollar tip I mean how much are you tipping somebody to bring all that shit to your house you know well I mean it's like I'm a I guess because I'm an actor who who only waited tables for three days in my life. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and I walk, I walked off the job. I had lied to, you know, I lied in New York to get this job at a fancy Italian. Oh, we restaurant. all lie at our first job. I yeah. have years of experience. How do I carry this yeah. water? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, t- I, but I really, and, and what I learned doing it is I, it, I have no talent for waiting tables. I, I just, I don't, I don't think I have the temperament for it. Um, not that I'm not that I was getting angry at people. It's not like that. I just would get <laughs> I would I would like close on in on myself when they were asking me for too many things. Yeah, um. I, don't, I don't. I just can't. I can't deal with all your damn demands. <laughs> so, ketchup. You want so, ketchup and, now? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and it was fancy, uh, you know. So everybody was fancy, uh, and they expected a certain. I don't know. I just wasn't. And then the guy who owned the restaurant, you know, who was managing everybody, called me an idiota. He called me idiota. And I said, "I said, well, this idiota is gone home." <laughs> He's like, "You can't leave." And I was like, "Yes, I can." Well, totally As a matter leaving. of fact, yes, I can. <laughs> you, you will never see me again. <laughs> and uh, and he didn't. And uh, I've never waited tables since. So I have so much respect for people who are servers. Uh, or delivery people, I consider that basically the same thing. Um, you know, maybe a little less, but it, especially with COVID now, they're literally risking their lives to bring you fucking food. And I just, I feel compelled to 20%, you know, absolutely. at least. Absolutely. Uh, but I've always been a 20% guy. Like I'm the guy, you know, if I'm out to dinner and somebody's dad is a little cheap. Uh, Leave the 20 know, under got, the water glass? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, if, 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 under tips and I'll, you know, go back and throw a few more bucks on the table. Dude, that's I'm, dangerous. You know. If he catches you, it can make you pay for the whole dinner. And then you're fucked. Yeah, after. that's true. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But because I I feel uh, blessed that I haven't had to wait tables. Uh-huh. I, I worked my own shit jobs, really. That didn't pay as well as waiting tables. But, you know. It, it, it pays was, pretty well. I, I uh, I worked my way up to assistant manager at a, a Italian place in Alhambra, Charlie's Trio. If you're ever in Alhambra, go to Charlie's Trio, the best fucking Italian food. Um, and I worked there for three years, so I, I did my my turn uh, waiting tables, and it's a great job. But yeah, man, uh, somebody you slam down that water, that soda that I just brought to your table during the lunch rush, and you you're demanding another fucking root beer. And yep. you're going to wait a while for that fucking root beer. Like, I I, I had my moments. And I only spit yeah. in one glass, though. I never fucked with anybody's food except one dude who was just a fucking douche. So <laughs> I will admit there was one <laughs> small loogie in a Coke <laughs> years ago. But he totally deserved it. 
So fuck it. Oh, good, good. Sometimes you got to get the petty revenges. I, it's just it makes you feel it's better. Just how Sometimes it is. you got to do it. It's otherwise, you know, you keep that all bottled up. That's how you get cancer. So I feel like you got to get it out. It's like farting. Don't hold the fart. Let it out. Don't hold it. Let in the it fart. out because that's all bad unless energy you're, in there. Un- Unless you're you're given to sharding, you, you, you want to <laughs> yes. hang, hang on to the farts. If, if, that's if your there's ever a doubt, you got to hang on and wait till you get somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if there's just any inkling of a doubt, just go with the hold at that point. But, so yes, yes, I will say there are exceptions to that rule. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my favorite. Server story. It, th- I mean, it's not mine. It's it's. I was there. I was one of the people at the table. A large party <laughs> of young men at a table in an Italian restaurant in Natick, Massachusetts. And it's always you know, Italian it's like fam- food, right? It's always Italian. Food. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and in the in the family style Italian joints ah. in in New England, they they have a particular vibe, you know. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's something about the glassware <laughs> and they put the water. It's it, it's like your grandma's shit, you know? right? It's like it's like fancy grandma stuff. And so I liked it, but we went to this a whole bunch of us, you know, college kids and and high school kids together, uh, like freshmen in college and seniors in high school. Big group of us. We're all hanging out. And obviously, this new server kid, you know, like it was one of his first days. And he came out and he had a giant tray of waters, you know, in glasses. And he he put the giant tray on the table, balanced it just so, so half of the tray was off the table and oh. half was on the table. Oh. And we're all watching him and he starts taking the glasses off and handing them out, but he's taking them off the wrong side of the ah. tray. And because we're all young assholes... We don't say anything. Wait, wait, wait. We're just like, let's see how this plays out. See what happens. Well, he must know something that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him to do how to do his job. Yes, that's not our place. So he got to that last glass, and then the the tray just flipped. Mm. And there's just broken glass and water everywhere, all over the floor. And his reaction, like, was, you know, like, there's a moment of, like, quiet shock. And then he looks around, and this is what he says. He says, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he turns, and, he, and he, he speed walks out into the, you know, the kitchen, and we do not see him again. <laughs> For the rest of the night, somebody else came in. They cleaned up and took over. Do you think he left? That was that. Did he say fuck I it? Left? I, I don't know. I think maybe he was. It, I like part of me was like, oh god, he's so embarrassed. He's not coming out, or I have no idea. Right? I mean, go get the broom, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> I just, I actually felt really bad, but it was funny because once he left, we all were like, ha! but mm. then he never came back, and we all started feeling bad. So. I had one girl, I uh, waited tables at a place called the Polo Club. It's not there anymore. Also in Alhambra. I lived in Alhambra when I first moved down. Um, it was a karaoke and a pool hall, like an Asian karaoke pool hall place. And really busy, made a lot of money, uh, anything. But um, had a tray of glasses, balancing a tray of glasses. And some bitch took her martini off 
the whole tray went uh, oh. because it throws it off balance when you do that. Sure. And, uh, I was not the one who was embarrassed at that point. Um, it was her. I, oh yeah. I, and I am not a, a, a gentle willow that will go, Oh, let me get that for you. I, there were words, there were looks, <laughs> there were, there were things. And, uh, um, their table probably got comped that night because of my words, but fuck it, bitch. Don't touch somebody's tray. That's terrible. So, uh, but that yeah. poor kid, yeah, if he just didn't know, he was taking him off. The, the managers never, the managers always take the side of the customer. My wife worked at the Daily Grill for a while before she decided to quit acting and become an educator, <laughs> which was a good, right decision. Right, probably. Um, and probably a one that I should have made. Uh, she was working at, at the Daily Grill. It, it, like she would not tolerate bullshit. She would yeah, not right? tolerate, you know, because like you know at the Daily Grill, they'd it's one of those places where they bring you like a giant, giant twenty four ounce mug of Budweiser. Ex- or yes, like, yes. In a like giant glass chilled mug, uh, and then she had a customer get down to like the end of the end of the beer. And go, uh, excuse me, this beer is warm. I yeah, because it's one. 24 ounces. <laughs> and she was like, well, like, no. Yeah, right. like, no. You, know, you don't order beers that big because of that reason. Order the regular size. Unless right. you can fucking so, down that. Yeah. And so this person was like, well, then I demand to see your manager. And she's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> and she sent the manager over and the manager came back and said to her, just bring him. Just bring him the beer. And she said, "No, I'm not bringing them the beer. <laughs> Good for her. If you want to bring them the beer, you bring them the beer." Good but for I'm not her. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. for her. She, yeah, they always had to take the she, side of them, but I never got in trouble. Like it was always just a front for the customer, because uh, my bosses loved me. I, I did the work. I was fucking assistant manager. They could leave the restaurant at lunch and not have to come back until dinner because I was taking care of everything. So. Fuck yeah, I got away with everything. Uh, we would have people call up on the phone to do like to-go orders. And we're busy. It's fucking lunch. And this bitch wanted me to wait on the phone while she went and asked everybody what their order was. Like she didn't do it before calling. Um, and so I was cussing on the phone. And she got back on the phone. You know, I was saying something like, this is fucking unbelievable or something. She got back on the phone and was like, I can hear you. And I was like, oh, I'm watching the X Games. The bar TV. I was talking about them just to cover for myself. She came in <laughs> to pick up the food, talked to the owner and was like, she said this on the phone and said she was watching the X Games. He looked her dead in the face and was like, aren't they unbelievable in that? Isn't that amazing? Those X Games. <laughs> like just was like, fuck off. Because I had told him what had happened. I was, you know, I was, I was always up front with, listen, I cussed this person out because of this, this and this. Uh, and, you know, the little finger shake, you know, once in a while. I always knew I shouldn't get so upset about something or, or what have you. But uh, if a, if somebody's being a dick, you're still a dick, you know. The, yeah, uh, true. It, very true. That's all it I is. I learned uh, my first uh, year in L.A., I was working at a uh, sugar-free bakery and gift emporium. Mm. on the uh, gift emporium side. And it was in Studio City, you know, walking distance of CBS Radford. So tons of 
TV stars and movie stars oh, that's come in cool. there all the time. So uh, one like being a minimum wage, you know, uh, cash register uh, clerk, mm-hmm. uh, you really see the true side of people. Um, of the celebrities. Uh, and it's interesting because my stories conflict with people's stories about working with certain people on set. Right. Y- you know what I mean? Yeah, like but the, do like tell. People, do who, tell. people who had, various people who had uh, great reputations to work with, nice Hollywood people, whatever. Sure, cool they're nice to the PA were, and craft service were, or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're not cool. Uh, uh, As real to, people. Uh, a guy uh, yeah, behind a cash register. Whereas other people, like my favorite example of the opposite is, is Richard Dreyfus, who has a, a horrible reputation as far as working with him. Oh, the he does? Oh, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't the stories know. that I hear are, are, are not, uh, he's a little, I guess the term is pillsy? Pillsy. Is that what? <laughs> he's a pill? He's, he's a, a little pillsy. He's a pill. I think he takes a lot of oh, pills and then acts erratically or something like that. I don't know, but I, I've heard stories. But I'm working, and one of my part, one of the things I had to do in my job was wrap people's friggin' presents. You know, they 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 give me a certain amount of like oh right, charge, a, gift like a dollar or two dollars to get a gift wrap. I see, I see. Uh, and he brought literally. All his Christmas presents, like all of Richard Dreyfus's Christmas presents, it was a a, a mountain of, of gifts <laughs> from other places. That I had to wrap. Yeah, he just brought them all in because he liked the way we wrapped gifts. It was, this, like, <laughs> it, it was this pretentious way of wrapping gifts. I don't. E- I, it's like it wasn't even a full wrap. You know, it was it, like our way was like a strip of wrapping paper around the brown box, and then Rafi, uh, like this dried grass shit, uh-huh. and tie into a bow. Oh god! Um, of course, Dreyfus was like, Sounds "Yeah, I don't adorable. want that. I love the I love the dried grass thing, but I don't. Can you wrap it more traditionally?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, sure." Sure. So I basically spent my whole day when I wasn't ringing people up, I was wrapping Richard Dreyfuss' oh gifts. Right, 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 right. Uh, and he came in and I was still working on like the last three gifts, you know, at the end of the day. So he just stood there and he talked to me and he was really nice. I asked him like questions that I would think Richard Dreyfus would be annoyed by. I asked him about Jaws. I asked him about Close Encounters. Oh my God, that's I awesome. I asked him about what about Bob, uh, all, all this stuff. Like, and he like he, he famously didn't get along with Bill Murray. Uh, right, that, right, that, that story I know. Uh, yeah, but he he actually didn't say anything. He was just you know uh, he was more talking about Frank Oz, the director, and all that stuff. Um, but he was very nice. And then when I, once I was done, uh, and he had all his stuff in his bags, and he was about to leave, he tipped me. He gave me a hundred dollar bill. Holy shit! You know. So and that was a great gift for me to get Fuck around yeah. Christmas time because I wasn't going home. I was sitting in an apartment with like two plastic chairs and an old TV <laughs> that only got the UPN on a on a stack of cardboard boxes, you know. So the hundred dollars was great. I yeah, got a dude. Couple Forty ounces. A hundred dollars now Christmas. would be great. What are you fucking talking about? Somebody had a hundred dollar <laughs> yeah. bill. It's like score. I know. So it's one of those things. It's like I, I, people are very different in in that environment than they are in their work environments or their home environments. It's just oh, so absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's a good story. And I Paul, thought you were going to say that he was a dick to you, and I'm glad he wasn't. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll tell you 
I don't want to talk, you know, like some people were unpleasant, but I don't want to hash over those. It, it was more, there was one time with Paul Reiser was there and, and Paul Reiser's Reiser. a, a nice person, obviously, but he was there with uh, Ed Begley Jr. Uh-uh. And, uh, and uh, 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 what's her face from The Shining? Uh, 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 Shelley Shelley Duvall. So it was the three of them at a table talking, drinking coffee Having sugar-free oh, scones. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it you know, so it interesting. But they were, but he's very spirited, and and it was like a high-ceilinged place, and you know, you know, hard floors, marble floors, kind of thing. So it was very echoey ah. in this place when it got full, and and he he was so loud, <laughs> like not. <laughs> he wasn't being a dick. He's just loud. You're right. You know? I'm loud. And, I get it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, you can't so, help it. <laughs> so, and it was like becoming overwhelming, obviously, for all the other clientele. And, you know, everybody was sort of like. So finally, my manager, this guy, Steve Mounts, who's still one of my favorite people in the world, just he walked up to him and just leaned in very, very sweetly said, I, uh, Mr. Riser, <laughs> I, excuse me. And Mr. Paul was like, uh huh. And he goes, um, we need to use our indoor voice. <laughs> and to Riser's credit, he was mortified. He's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. I get excited and I get, I just, I project too much. And, you know, so that was a, I liked that story. That's a that fantastic was, story. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic story. Oh, that's yeah. funny. William, yeah. William Shatner was a jerk. Uh, but I, I think that's a, which is funny because my mother-in-law, my, my, my father-in-law, uh, who's no longer with us, but he directed variety television. Uh, that was his thing in the seventies and eighties. Like, he like the share show, of, Sonny and share show kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if he did Sonny and share, but he did like the Julie Andrews show. Oh, very cool. Uh, he won a couple Emmys. He got, he got an Emmy for the Julie Andrews show an Emmy for a uh, John Denver variety show. Nice. Um, he directed a lot of solid gold. Uh, nice. I watched solid gold um, religiously. Yeah, and they and they worked with Chatner a few a bunch of times on these variety shows, and they lo- he he got along great with him. He was, he was a great set. guy. He was fun and all yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he came in, and it was just a, it was just it had to do with I he his wife was there. I didn't know who who she was. Um, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, it was. Thought uh, he was a confirmed bachelor. The, actually, I never knew he was married. No, this was his wife. Uh, actually, I think. Died. Oh, and uh, like oh. they, f- she, she was found in a pool. Oh God! Uh, oh, so, yeah, it was pretty tragic. Uh, but um, that said, she wasn't a, a very nice person. To me. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm, she's. We we had all these overpriced, you know, aromatherapy candles. Uh-huh. You know, some of them like four feet tall, yeah, and some of them ones. are like really fat, like giant, and they, they're like and. You know, three the gift emporium. Candles. Yeah, yeah. Th- this place was overpriced as it was, so all the gift junk was already way too expensive. But she was buying like she stacked up maybe seventy candles around my, uh, you know, register oh desk. You know, and I started ringing her up because I was like, she's going to be standing here forever, waiting for an hour. Yeah. So I started ringing her up uh, and and got it all. And, you know, it was like I don't know. It must have been. 
almost a thousand dollars. Yeah, maybe a little more than a thousand dollars worth of these candles, and uh, and and then she takes out a personal check, you know, and as is the the policy of any retail establishment. Um, when you have a personal check, you got to produce a driver's license. Right. You write their and little then, ID uh, up there in the corner. Yeah. And I, as the clerk, have to write the license number uh, down, you know, to show that I did my due diligence, which is really that it really exists to protect the person with personal check, not the business. Absolutely. I mean, that, that uh, I, I, worked, I was a cashier at Kmart, my very first job when I was 15. And we had to do that all the time. Absolutely. That's what you do. It's not unusual. Yeah. So, so I mean, now everybody uses cards and to check cards, so right. it's different. Right, right. Uh, uh, but so she wrote the check out and handed it to me, and I was like, uh, "Do you have a license?" And she's like, "No, no." <laughs> me and my husband were out on a jog, and we just stopped. And I was like, "How are you going to get these candles home?" Yeah. And she's like, "Well, I'm going to go home, and then I'll come back and get them." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. I'm happy to hold the candles for you." Uh, but I can't accept the check unless you have a license. But I can still hold the candles for you. Right. And she's like, well, I don't want you to sell them to anybody else. It's like, I won't. And she's like, well, let me just take my check. And I was like, I cannot take, I can't finish this transaction unless you have a license if you want to pay with a check. You have That's rules. You have it. rules too. Yeah. If there's nothing I could do. And she said, look at the name on the check. And I did. <laughs> And it was the name on top was William Shatner, and the and the name under hers was hers. I think it was Patricia or something like that. I can't remember. But uh, so, so I was like, I, and it didn't, you know, I it didn't register with me, uh, right? You know, uh, <laughs> you're like I, William Shatner. You know, it could have been, it, you know, yeah, it could have been, you know, somebody else who had a fame. I I, not, I wouldn't necessarily go, oh, William Shatner. It must be the William Shatner. Uh, right. But that's what she was getting at. Right. And I was like. I, I see the names. I don't know, and I wasn't messing with her at all. I was like, I I don't know the significance of those names. I don't know you, and I can't take this check without a right. And she was like, ah, like all mad at me, like you're being a little prick kind of thing. And I was like, How do you not know who William Shatner is? Did she have Star right. Trek checks? No, no, it's just a regular check. But then, so she beckons to somebody who's outside, right? The door opens and in, like, still jogging, sort of jogging in place, like all sweaty and like one of those weird jogging outfits that people would wear in the 90s. And he's all all jogging. He's like, she's with me. And I knew who he was right away, but I was already irritated with her for giving me so much shit and treating me like a piece of garbage so he 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 goes she's with me like she explained the situation he won't take my check without a driver's license and i said it's store policy it's the policy and rules are rules yeah and he's like he goes well she's with me and and i go congratulate (laughs) do you have a california driver's license (laughs) and he got fucking mad He starts yelling at me like, you don't know who I am. And then I'm like, naturally, because I'm a wise ass, I'm like, no, who, tell me. You You know, and he said Star Trek. And I said, who are you in Star Trek? Luke Skywalker? What what, what were you? Like, I just started playing dumb. And then my manager, like, right as I'm getting into it with Shatner, my manager comes out of the back and sees Shatner, like, 
having a tense conversation with me <laughs> and comes running over my manager being a super trekkie nerd oh, right. like coming over like shaking with nerves <laughs> it's, like, it's okay it's okay we could take the check no no Todd Todd was doing the right thing but we'll take the check <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that was a good one and then the other the other story from those days that I, I love is back then Keanu Reeves was he was touring with his band Dog Star? Yeah, Dog Star. Do, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. And I, I love Keanu Reeves. I, uh, you know, I'm a big Keanu fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was there, and he had he had his Dog Star mohawk. You know, yes. happening. Yes, yes. And he walks in, and well. he, gets, he just gets a coffee, and then you know, I'm behind the cash register, and I. I'm not even aware that he's in there. I probably didn't register it because he had a mohawk and he didn't look like the Keanu Reeves I knew. Right. He didn't look Um, like a surfer dude. Yeah. So I'm like doing my shit, you know, organizing stuff at my desk and I get that feeling that I'm being watched. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, what? Who's? And I look over. He's over at the little creamer sugar station. Uh like leaning up against it, like stirring his coffee and just staring at me. Just, just, just staring at me doing my shit. And then I caught him and he totally did one of those. Oh, I'm not looking. I turns around, goes See, back he's to so studious. He was, uh, he was uh, studying you for, uh, for a part. You could sure. be the, the, the Bill example. You could be the epitome, the real-life well, epitome of Bill. I, I don't know, uh, you know? Corey, but, uh, but what was his character's name in The Matrix? Oh, my God. Mr. Anderson. Oh, my God. See? He so, was studying maybe. you for the future because, well, why wouldn't you? You're very interesting, so... <laughs> Doing shit. Doing, doing desk, cash register. desk things. <laughs> he was like, you know, one day I might play a role where I have to stand behind a desk. And this guy <laughs> has it down. <laughs> he's got it going he's on. He's got it going on. So I should really check out what he's doing here to make sure that, uh, that I know I what I'm the, doing later on. I was their best... Uh, uh, cash register gifts emporium guy it, <laughs> it's such a shit job it's minimum wage they still have a plaque not, up at the in the yeah in the break well room. no they just you know no <laughs> i mean i i used to get in getting things with my managers because i would get aggravated that i wasn't getting paid very well uh but i would do all. tons of work i would do tons of work just because i was freaking bored yeah right you know, were, that's yeah, why i, I end up like, doing all the shit because i'm like well i'm just fucking sitting here otherwise so let me just fucking do it because yeah i was constantly dusting and fixing up displays and doing <laughs> just because i was bored out of my wits you, you it sounds like you should have kept that but you decided that uh that acting was your calling and went with that instead well, honestly, that was a job that I had because I was an actor. Right. You know? Right. I'd need it. Oh, it, and yes. It was your uh, versus waiting tables job. Yeah, I couldn't wait tables because uh, I just don't have that ability. And uh, minimum wage work was, you know, the stuff I could get. That's Coming in did. out of town, not knowing anybody. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had to do. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – it was – 
It's just soul sucking a lot of the time yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. We tell, uh, I got out of that really quick as soon as I could uh, lie my way into a server job. I uh, uh-huh. I stop with the retail, um, just because it it's so so it is soul sucking. I mean, you see it now with um, these fucking people not wanting to wear a mask to go into CVS and Walmart and screaming at these poor people who are you know barely getting paid anything. Purposely don't have forty hours a week so that they don't get the company doesn't have to pay them benefits. Uh, screaming at them about. You know, a rule that it, it just is common decency at this point. Mm-hmm. You can't come in without your fucking pants on either. It's <laughs> it, you're going to be OK for that 15 minutes to go in and buy your fucking toilet paper, you, you know. Um, yeah. And it, it just something about uh, how retail workers are treated um, like they're not people. Uh, this whole getting back to work thing and, oh, I want to go get my hair done and that's nice that you feel comfortable, but there's there's workers there that are putting their lives at risk, having to deal with the public. They're seeing so many people all of the time. People touch everything all the time, and I don't care how much you're wiping down shit. It, you're, you're missing something, because that's just life. Um, I just, I really feel for all the workers. I try, I, I, I've always been very nice to them because I've been there and done that. Um, but now it's even more. I, I looking people in the eye, making sure are you is everybody being nice to you today is the first thing I say to them because I just want to make sure they're okay in their head, you know. And I've had yeah. a couple people stop and go, "Thank you for asking," you know. I appreciate because it. it's it's got to be stressful on them too because uh, they have to work because nobody has any fucking money. They weren't getting paid before; they're not getting paid now. I. Um, I have felt, pandemic, knock on wood, I have felt very blessed. I'm actually financially better now than when I was working. Um, Maybe because I'm not going out as much. I'm not, right? I'm not spending the money that I would have spent uh, on gas, uh, uh, on food at the theater, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. There's a a lot of different expenses. I'm not buying that coffee at fucking 7-Eleven every day on my way to work, you know. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of little expenditures that aren't happening anymore. Um, But I just want everybody to be able to breathe and relax and not have to be so tense, especially when it comes to their kids and having, having to send them to school because they can't afford to not go to work themselves. And what are you going to do with that seven-year-old all day? He can't yeah. stay at home alone. The ki- the older kids, sure, you know, 10, 11, 12, you're, you'll be okay, I would say, mm-hmm. as long as they're not retarded. Uh, bad word, as long as they're not <laughs> lame. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it, it really... It, it, I just think it's adding to the to the pandemicness of everything that uh, the stress on people that I, I'm surprised that we're not hearing more uh, about beating home beatings and things like that. Uh, I know that the jails are actually getting domestic violence calls a lot more, but um, I just I just feel for these, you know, people don't treat them like people like they're human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, you know, back to that class structure thing we were talking about, like every time I drive by, I mean, I haven't, we haven't gone out to eat. 
not not once, not once. since the since this happened. No, nope. and 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 it's it's a twofold thing. It's one, there's this thing uh, that will kill you, <laughs> so it's it just seems like an unnecessary risk, right? Um, uh, but two, we have, you know. Only one income at this point because I got no money coming in. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, like 2019 already was a bad year for me. So, like, going from 2019 into 2020, it's like a nightmare situation for me. Luckily, Hillary works, and luckily her her school is social distance learning, which is all good. Good. But because we have... you know, and, and during the summer she doesn't get paid, so no income over the summer at all. Right, right. We, we don't have money to teacher. go out to eat. Yeah, right. So I'm watching, and but like, so I feel for servers because they need to work, they need to make money, and they're sort of being forced back to work because their places of business are opening, and there's no government uh, uh, on any level is giving anybody individuals money, which to me is what should have happened from the get go. Right. Um, and I know that the, there's a bill in, in the house that is never going to get passed because McConnell blocks everything. Yeah. They're at least trying, uh, Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders have that, that bill, two thousand yeah, dollars a month 2000 for every month. Mm-hmm. A, a individual until the end of the pandemic. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Then people can stay in their houses, and, and also they would there's spend no reason again. They would help the economy because that money would go back into the economy, uh, right? Because they would have the money to spend it, so they could anyway. Yes, right, yeah, but also it would keep people. At home, and it would keep the virus from spreading around. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, we shouldn't be forcing bartenders and servers uh, back to work. We just shouldn't. No. Because they're, they're, put, we're putting them at risk. Uh, but they are being forced back to work because there are people who ha- still have disposable income in this country, uh, even though so much of it is shut down. Uh, and, and every time I drive by one, because now, because Newsom lifted the things and then he brought the things back and now it's like, well, bars can't be open at all, but restaurants can be open, but they have to do outside dining. Outdoor dining. You know, so everywhere where I live, there's like, you know, tents in front of the restaurants where people are eating outside and you see them with masks on. The servers have masks on and then they take their masks off to eat or drink or whatever. And I, I just, I'm like, this all looks like so much fucking trouble. So much trouble. So much it doesn't trouble. look like fun. No, like the whole point of going out to eat is to have fun with your right? family and friends and, have, and not have to cook and not have to clean. Right. But it just seems like even though you don't have to cook and you don't have to clean, you still have to do all this other shit. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I seems... feel I feel like I would be I would be too on edge to yeah. sit at a restaurant. I had gone to, I went to go buy a Jason a new pipe and I went to a head shop. It was closed, but um, right by Salsa and Beer, uh, the Mexican restaurant. Oh, sure, and they, Salsa and Beer. Yeah, they, and I thought for a second, oh, I could get takeout um, because, you know, it's Salsa and Beer, it's really good. Uh, but they had the outdoor dining going on and they had, you know, there's four at a table, two at a table, six at this table over here. They're eating, so their masks are off while they're sitting there eating. Um, and the servers had uh, face masks and then that shield mask eyeglass thing that covers that whole thing, then plastic gloves on. Uh, the amount I used to sweat when I waited tables, I, there's no way I'd be able to work with all that other gear on. Uh, 
just for the heat factor alone, just for the sweating factor, how miserable it must be to be a server right now. It was already kind of mm. shitty if people were shitty to you, especially, you know, with their fucking Diet Cokes. But now, <laughs> on top of that, you're, you're dripping sweat while trying to serve these people that you don't know where the fuck they've been. They're brave enough to come to a restaurant where they at at the beach with the other 1,600 people the other day? Like, you have no idea. And why would you want to do that? The extra work, like you're saying, you don't want to cook, so you go out to eat, but now you're, you know, the hand sanitizer pump was in the middle of the little eating area, and so you're going up and everybody's sharing this one big pump of stuff. Like, just the cross-tamination factor and uh, the misery factor of it, how could that be fun? Get the food to go and go sit outside on your sidewalk if you need a change of scenery yeah. while you're eating or something. I I just... But you can also, I mean, you can also make your own sandwich. <laughs> I, I, what? You know, it's not, it's not that hard to make a cocktail. <laughs> you, you can look up any, you can look up a penicillin on the... On the on the thing and you can make a you know your whiskey cocktail right it's, it's really it's the it's chance not hard. to learn a new <laughs> skill to you yeah. know do a little fancy uh, uh, uh tom cruise throw the bottles around kind of thing so right it's not it's not that hard i uh it, where i live there's a a, a gym uh, up the road and they have their they have put all their gym shit outside <laughs> to stay open and and I, I drove by and it was crowded with people <sighs> working out and uh, you know outside and some there were some you know those tent things set up uh-huh. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like working out in the sun just also seems awful yeah. but it's all these people none of them they weren't wearing masks and they're and they're sweating. Yeah, the sweat. And they're sharing exercise equipment. They're not hosing like, that shit off in between people. Like if you're well, outside, get a hose and just hose it down or something. I guess, or, or like, or you wipe it down, but still, you're even if you're even if you're got Lysol wipes and you're wiping everything down before you use it, you're still next to tons of people yeah, who are sweating, sweating and, sweating and moving and there's sweats going in the air and there's spits going in the air. And I just, it's so easy to get exercise, not at a gym. Well, that, <laughs> I, that's, I was just thinking about that. Uh, it's the social aspect that the gym is just a social club. It's somewhere instead of playing checkers, they're lifting weights. So it's the, it's just the wanting to go out and talk to other people thing, which I, I can understand. Uh, Jay, I certainly understand that. You know, yeah. I, I, I used to live, um, before I moved here, I had a very large, uh, they called it the uh, junior one bedroom, but it was a large studio. It had a little half pony wall that separated the bedroom from the living room. Um, but there by myself, this entire time, I, I would have gone crazy. I'd be way more depressed than I am. The crying would never have stopped. So I can see where people, now. I can see where <laughs> people uh, need that, uh, need that outlet. They just, it's hard. Zoom is hard. It's nice to, it is. you know, it's, it is. It, it's nice to see people's faces, but 
that being the only interaction that somebody has, I think is where people are going a little crazy and why they want that normalcy to come back. I get that. I totally get that. Uh, and like but I it's said, forcing your it's forcing your will. I mean, I understand the the mental state that people have, and it's and, and it's it's not mentally healthy to be home all the time. I get all that. It's it, it makes total sense to me. But the reality of the situation yeah. is, you're you're spreading the virus. Spreading I mean, the virus. Forget about potential risk and all that. Just think of it as you you you're taking that risk. You are spreading the virus. You're spreading. You're yep. spreading the virus. Yep. You're putting yourself at risk. Your family members at risk. It's like I I just. You know, it's like there's so many things that I understand. They make sense. Like, you know, the schools that are social, uh, that are distance learning, there's a lot of the learning pods popping up. And I totally understand. Like, I empathize mentioned with the pods reasons. the other day when we were chatting. I don't, I don't understand what the pods are exactly. Are those, like, neighbors getting together? or? Well, no. What it'll be is... is People who have been attending that school and the and the classmates that their kids have had, okay. they'll have a, a, like five or six of the kids will get together uh, with a hired tutor or teacher, and they will be in that learning pod for the school day. So since they can't go to the physical classroom, they create a mini uh, classroom in somebody's in house somebody's and the families room. each. Uh, pay a portion of the teacher's fees, uh. um, which, you know, I, of course, the, it's not as bad as going to a classroom with 24 kids because it's only six kids. But it's, it, it's still for whatever your reasons are. And, and there's you're a single mom. You, 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 you've got a job. You can't you know, I, it all makes total sense to me. But the problem but the but the black and white of that is you're still defeating the purpose of distance learning. Yeah. By having a learning pod, you're still especially if, at it, risk. if it's not if it's not uh, I I don't know why neighbors would seem better for me for some reason maybe because it's all just one in that one concentration but now you have kids who live in all different neighborhoods who are dealing with all different grocery stores dealing with all different gas stations uh, mm -hmm. all different other neighbors so you're not even keeping it in your circle. You're not widening your circle. You're just blowing your cir circle up when you do that. You're not. Yeah, I agree. I, just, I mean, and again, I empathize with the reasons for doing. Oh, it. for sure. But I just, I just, I mean, and it's untenable. It's like we were saying before. If fucking our governments worked at all, we'd all be at we'd home. We'd all be at taking home. Taking care of fin financially. Wait, for right, which financially, which goes back to I, I, you know. Uh, the pandemic payments have stopped now, so I'm back to regular pay, but I was already on unemployment uh, from a previous job when this started, which is why I've become, now I'm okay, now I feel okay about money, because I already had that going, plus the pandemic, which allowed me to not have my career anymore that I've worked on for 30 years. So it, it is something that makes me feel like, oh, okay, I'm okay for three months, six months, if I'm really good, and I can try to figure something else out to do that has to sort of do with my career. There's, I keep reading about these, uh, and I applied for one for Sony, uh, COVID, uh, COVID watchers on set to be the person to say, oh, wear your mask, yeah, I, what's your I temperature. Uh, which is, you know, kind of up my alley as a stage manager. I, that's not yeah, something. Yeah, but the, what they're what they're paying for that is 
it's which I can't find. Like, I couldn't find the the money for it because that's going to be a fucking job. People are going to be pissy with you. Are you the one in charge of wiping all the shit down? Like, I, I there, mean, there, I've seen those. I've seen those, and it's it's fifteen bucks an hour. Oh uh, fuck I mean, that! See, why is that fifteen dollars an hour? That doesn't even make sense because it's it, especially no. on a set, especially if you can't have all those extra grips and gaffers and shit then that person that you have to have on set should be making more money than anybody else. Uh, I agree. Or Yeah, I mean, it should, uh, it should be. I mean, I don't think 15 bucks in Southern California is really a livable wage. Absolutely not. Uh, absolutely uh, not. So, and speaking of livable wage, California is better. At, like the, the top tier unemployment uh, that you could get is 450 bucks. Now that for a month doesn't even cover the rent. Um, but better than Florida, where it's two hundred and thirty dollars. Jesus! That these people who are making full time wages now are trying to get the two hundred and thirty dollars because you can't even get into the system in Florida because they set it up so that the unemployment numbers stay low. You can't get unemployment easily because that would that would make their unemployment numbers go up. So they make it so right. hard that people give up and then you don't get anything. I've had a friend, my friend Tyler, who uh, has been very vocal doing some active activism work with it, um, lose his job at Disney World and in back in March still hasn't gotten paid, still has been fighting to get his $230 a week from March, which if you keep doing it, that's how I ended up with mine, is that you have to keep filing every week, even if they're not paying you. They catch up to you. Once they figure it out, they'll give you all of the money at once. But what do they do in the meantime? You know, that $1,200 check, that's not going to do a whole lot for anybody. That's just going to your landlord at that time. And that doesn't make sense either, because the landlord took a risk buying property. That's your risk, you know. Why do you want all these homeless people out there? And then your building sits empty. You don't get any money anyway. So I, I yeah. just, I don't, I guess I just don't understand uh, not wanting to help people out. Wanting all these people to fail even harder is uh, yeah. where, where I get a, a little, yeah. little off it's a, Yeah, it's a, it's a. I, I don't know. It seems like it's a distinctly American thing at this point, right? To to try to, to <laughs> try to fuck everybody. To fuck everybody up. Mind. You can't. You can't have your college loan uh, forgiven because I had to pay mine back. Well, fuck you, boomer. What do you you know? Enjoy your three bedroom house. I've. I, that's not just boomers. <laughs> I've. I've I've heard uh, young people. I know. I've seen. I, How? Why? I, I've seen. I've seen people who who profess profess to be progressive say that same fucking thing. But why? You know? Why? Like, like why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Who cares? Who cares? You're not getting the money. Like, it wasn't yeah. your money. Yeah. Why? Well, if they get their loans forgiven, why don't you send me all the money that I paid for? It's like Jesus Christ. Can't can't. Because you can't we you went forward? too early. Because you missed out. You know what I missed out on? TikTok. I have no fucking clue what it is, and that's fine with me. <laughs> it's okay. But you know, you if you missed out on loan forgiveness, well, you know, fuck it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Here's it's, a VCR. Go watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> a VCR. 
<laughs> oh man, I yeah, it's a it's a strange and sad time. <laughs> Certainly, I just I I and it's and it, and there is that frustration because when you're empathetic but you're also reasonable about reality, it's there's so many situations that are completely untenable, you know that it's you know you can't be mad at somebody for going out to 10 bar uh even though people shouldn't be even though they shouldn't be but they have to because they're not getting they're not getting 450 a week from unemployment so you know some of my friends are getting 50 bucks that's 600 extra bucks was saving them and now they're getting 50 a week and they're saying, well, I guess I'm, I'm going to move back to Texas until this is over. I'll be back, everybody. Will you? Yeah. Will you be back? Yeah. Mm, the expense of moving know. back? I mean, it, it's already expensive. It just... Yeah, I mean, and, uh, I have a couple of uh, actor friends who can't work, and they were, they were uh, single income. They were, they were the breadwinners for their families, and they have homes with mortgages oh, that God. they can't... You know, and, and and banks are you know letting letting you off the hook, not completely, but you know you, you'll have a balloon payment exactly. You know, down the road, which we are taking advantage of. Do it, man! We, I have taken advantage stay. of every money giving possible thing, doing it all. Because why the fuck not at this point? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're just we're we're just trying to stay. But you know, at a certain point, if it goes on too long, if 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 oh, if our 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 leaders don't get their shit together and and do the reasonable thing and have everybody just fucking stay home for three months, that's home. it. Just stay home. Just stay home. Uh, Make all the Netflix but, free. Make all the yeah. You know, just stay home. Utilities should be free. There shouldn't be. Re- there should be rent uh, forgiveness, right. mortgage forgiveness. I mean, just it's, it, they all have enough money at this point. Just let the they little do. people like fucking be. Well, and take the hit, take the hit now, the hit. and then it won't. Then we won't be in a dust bowl depression. Ex- because yes, it, it's like not seeing the forest through the trees right? or for the trees or whatever that expression is. Something about They're trees and forests. Not and not learning your history. You're letting it repeat. Don't yeah, you know? Exactly. But you're, it's all gonna blow up in your face. Um, well, we are approaching an hour here, and I do have a I do have a last little question for you. Um, sure. I made uh, my uh, lovely boyfriend Jason last night walk with me to Trader Joe's, and I told him specifically that I wanted ice cream, that I wanted popsicles. So I made him walk all the way there, stand in line. I got two boxes of popsicles, and he was like, we're not grocery shopping. No, this is what I wanted. Anyway, brought him back. He uh, he went to bed. I uh, proceeded to eat both boxes of popsicles last night. Um, so, uh, you know, the, that's my, you know, COVID, COVID popsicles. Your, so I'm wondering, uh, are there any uh, foods that you've been picking out on and saying, fuck it, and just eating the whole, is there any, like, uh, Cravings. I have, uh, like, yeah. COVID Actually, it's good that my wife is going back to work next week because <laughs> that means she's going to start getting up early and I'm going to go on a diet. Because, <laughs> cause, yeah, I, I've been eating terrible. Like, I, like, we went shopping the other day and I bought a loaf of that Cheesecake Factory brown bread. You know what oh, I'm talking no. about? Oh, no. I didn't know it's they so, had bread. It's, it's like 
they give it to you, you know, you sit down for the meal, you get the warm brown oh, bread. It's right. the best part of the Cheesecake Factory. Right. So I got like a loaf of that, uh, just which I normally wouldn't do. Eating ice cream, I eat ice cream all the time. Uh, all the time now, now right? And the, yeah, and then I drink too much whiskey, <laughs> and that's got lots of sugar in it. And it's yeah, not not taking good care of myself at all. <laughs> well, see, it goes back to like Zoom is not good for exercise, so you know what are you, what are you <laughs> yes, gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a strange time. It is. It is. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but uh, th- thank you for having me on your show. I, I am so glad that you were available today. You know, you never know when you have to go out and wrap some presents or something. So I, I Richard Dreyfus calls me every year. You know, he really liked it. So <laughs> it, I, I, it. I wouldn't blame him for giving you a call. I don't like wrapping <laughs> presents either. Now I know who to call. Ha ha. You shouldn't have told me. <laughs> there you go. But, Just ship me all your presents. I'll wrap. Them <laughs> It'll be you. your new job since we can't. What? Actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> hey, man, you gotta find something to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, have a good one, Corey. You also, Mr. Anderson. I appreciate you, and I'm uh, I'm glad we got to chat. Me too. All right. Thank you so much. Uh-